You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Allow me to begin that I saw that the Klausenberger Rebbe used to say that uh, he used to tell over what his Seder looked like when he was a young boy. He must have been nine or ten years old. He had an older brother by the name of Avramala. Avramala. He had an older brother by the name of Avramala. And uh, his father was a Herschelah from Rudnik. There's actually someone who davens in my shul in Bergenfield who was originally from Rudnik. And he remembers when the Klosenberger, he remembers when the Rebbe was in, uh, was in Rudnik still. So uh, he used to tell over that uh, his father used to say that when he was by his Zayda, the Divrei Chaim, the Divrei Chaim used to say that, um, and the way that the Divrei Chaim would always start the Haggadah was the following. He'd say, Bereshis, Hashem created the world in six days, and on the sixth day he created Adam Harishon, who had a son by the name of Shais, who had a son by the name of Canaan and Mahalal, and he'd go through all the Doros up to Noach, and then he would go through the Doros to Avram, and then he would say Avram had a grandson by the name of Yankiv, who had 12 sons, and they went down to Mitzrayim, and he would tell it over. So the 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 the, the, the Klosenberger felt the need to tell his children and the people and his Zedim, how his father would tell him from his Zedah, how his Zedah would tell about his Zedah. And that's really what the night is really focused very much on the Masorah, as you know, and giving over the story and the history and um, and the special night that is Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. And of course, to talk about the great miracles that Hashem over his, his tshuvas are just, uh, as uh, the Hebrew knows, are legendary and all Poskim, the great the Gedolia Poskim always referred to the, the Chesam Sofer. And at the same time, his drushes are uh, are incredible. Is you know someone to be holding in such a great level in both uh, lamdus and halacha and chedushim and and, and and drush is very unique. So I thought that it would be something very special to be able to be at the Chesam Sofer's Nasedah. What that must have looked like. But the funny thing is, we don't have to guess because we have uh, an edus of what the Chesam Sofer's Nasedah uh, did look like. As a matter of fact, the Chesam Sofer, the son of the the, the of the Chesam Sofer. The daughter-in-law, that's the wife of the Ksav Sofer, the Rebetzin, used would tell over that when she was by the father-in-laws, when she by the father-in-law Seder, it was very difficult, perhaps impossible, to look straight at the Ksav Sofer because there was a there was like a, a an energy or a light that was shining forth from him. And she said it was almost like when you go out on a sunny day and your eyes are squinting on Seder night, you look at the Ksav Sofer. It was hard to look directly at the Ksav Sofer, like Koran or Pnei Moshe. So the other funny thing is that I wanted to share before we get into some of the the, the different Torah that I wanted to, to share is that um, we have other edus, another edus from the grandson of the Chassam Sofer, Rav Kiva Sofer, the Das Sofer. We used to tell over that what the Chassam Sofer was busy with the whole night. I had imagined the Chassam Sofer is going to be pulling from from Midrashim and Gemaras and his own Chidushim and from Chazal and from Zohar. We're pulling from everywhere to uh, to to sprinkle in for the people at his Seder. And the grandson used to say that you should know that my Zedah, the Ksam Sofer, the whole night he was busy with the children, with the young boy, with the young boys, the Enoch, with the young boys and the young girls. He wasn't saying any Chidushim. There was no Drush. He would translate the Haggadah in simple, simple German, or in simple, like we would say, in simple English. I don't even know if he would have used an art school. That might have been too, too advanced. It sounds like he was busy with the simple, simple English. 
And that was the, uh, and the, and the Das Sofer used to say, in, in Yiddish, he would say, you know, what, what, my father, my grand, my, the Zayda's face was shining like a bright light from what? From, from touching the words to the Kindalach. And that's, I think, we have to keep in mind, you know, we spend so much time thinking about very deep and important in Yanim and Divrei Torah. We can't forget about the fact that the main yesod and goal of the Seder is to give over the Pashup shot to the children so that they should be able to carry the reins into the next uh, into the next uh, generation. And as the Maharil writes, that the reason why we wear a kittel is because it, like the Kohen Gadol went with the Dalit Big Day Lovan to the Kodesh HaKadoshim. So this night is similar to the Kodesh HaKadoshim. This the Maharil does not say, but I was thinking that the why, what, what Shaykh is the Kodesh HaKadoshim, the Karim Pesach, was not a, it wasn't a Chattas HaPnimi, it wasn't some, it wasn't Yom Kippur, they didn't go into the Kodesh HaKadoshim. But perhaps the idea is that the Kodesh HaKadoshim, what was in the Kodesh HaKadoshim? It was the Aron, with the Luchos and the Sefer Torah. And on top of it all, it was the Kruvim. The Kruvim was the face of the, of the boy and the girl. That's, the, that's why we wear the Kittles to remind us that what stands on top of everything are the children and to give over the, the, uh, the Mesorah to the, to the next dignizer, uh, to keep in mind that on top of the, in that holiest of holy places, on top of everything, on top, on top of the Luchos, is the Karavya, is the, is the face of the, of the boy and the girl. Mm. But let's talk for a minute. Uh, Rabbi Vremel asked me that uh, it shouldn't just be in Yanam of Machshav. We should talk about, you know, Shabbos HaGadol. Very often the Rabbanim focus on Lamdas. Let's talk about something that relates to the children as well. And that is that the Rabbam, there's a, a, an important shita that the Kesef Mishnah already uh, has a problem with this Rabbam. Where the Rabbam writes that if a God, a Kotten Shehigdil men that if you have a, a, a child that is born um, and his bar mitzvah actually is going to be between Pesach Rishon and Pesach Sheni, so there's a whole question in the Gemara whether he would have to bring a Pesach Sheni or not. But what the Rabbim adds is the Rabbim says, if the father of the child who's close to, being, to becoming Bar Mitzvah, if the father were to bring a carbon Pesach on the child's behalf, so that child, even though he was under Bar Mitzvah when the carbon Pesach was brought on his behalf, would be putter from bringing a Pesach Sheni. Putter from bringing a Pesach Sheni. Now this is a funny, a funny Pesach, it's a funny halacha. As the Mepharshim already asked, um, if someone is not in, 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 a, in a healthy state of mind, someone is deemed the shota and he does a mitzvah in that state. So the Gemara Rosh Hashanah says pretty clearly that he's not yoyed, so you'd have, to do the, you'd have to do the mitzvah again. So the same thing you would think would apply to a katan, a cherishot of a katan, lav b'nei So why is it the Kesef Mishn asks, again, all the Mepharshim ask on the Rambam, how is it, why is it that the katan can be yoyed to the mitzvah of Korban Pesach without uh, being in the state of being a gadol? And uh, he wouldn't have to be part of a bring a Pesach Sheni. Why is, what is the reason behind, behind that, uh, behind that the Psak of the Rambam? So there's different suggestions that are offered. Probably the most famous is Reb Chaim. Reb Chaim Briska in, in his Sefer writes that it's true that a cut is part of an mitzvah, but this is very interesting. There's another category. There's another category of halacha that's not necessarily related to whether you chayev a part from mitzvahs. Rav Moshe actually says the same idea in a completely different context about someone who was deemed a shotel adavar echad. It was a certain person who was doing crazy things. It was otherwise, besides this one mishagas with the person in the 18, nine, late 1890s, I think it was, still in Luban, where, the, um, where the, uh, this person felt that he was the Mashiach and he would, he would darshan like he was the Mashiach, he'd be on top of the trees. So Rav Moshe had a meeting with him and he passed him, he was a shotel adavar echad. And there's a question whether a shotel dabarechad is a shotel kol tarakula. So Rav Moshe Paskin, that this person was potter from mitzvahs, 
But just because you're potter from mitzvahs does not mean that you're not shaykh to, uh, to other inyanim of Torah, which means that the laws of kinyanim and kedushin and gerushin, whether there's a tfisas kedushin, whether a person can, can properly give his wife a divorce, this person would be able to, even though he's potter from mitzvahs, he would be able to move forward with the get. And uh, Reb Chaim uses, he doesn't quote Reb Moshe, Reb Moshe doesn't quote Reb Chaim, but Reb, um, Reb, Reb Chaim says the same, uh, the same idea. He says, it's true that a cotton is potter from mitzvahs, but he's still a bar havos carbon. He's someone upon whom a carbon can be brought, not the Torahs, the mitzvah of Pesach, but the Torahs that one can be mekayim their chiyuv, of bringing a carbon on their behalf, despite the fact that he's not chayiv in mitzvahs. So that's what Reb Chaim answers. Reb Chaim answers that the reason why the cotton doesn't have to bring a Pesach Sheni, it's true he may not have, he may not have fulfilled the mitzvah of Pesach Sheni. But Lamaisa, the carbon Pesach Sheni was brought on his behalf, and therefore he's part of for bringing a Pesach Sheni. Since the Pesach was brought on Lel, on, on, uh, on, Le, on Yom Yudalit, on Erev Pesach, on his behalf, he's part of for bringing Pesach Sheni, even though he's not chayiv in mitzvahs. That's Reb Chaim's famous, uh, famous piece. So actually I saw... Uh, in, um, in a piece from the Bells of Rebbe, of Aaron of Bells, that uh, he writes a little bit differently or quite differently. He says, it's true. A cotton can never be yoitza mitzvah while he's a cotton and therefore be put from doing that mitzvah when he's a gadol. But there's one exception to that rule and that's the, the mitzvah of Pesach, of, of carbon Pesach. The carbon Pesach, the focus of this night of the of the Arab Pesach, getting ready for Lel uh, Tesvav of the Seder, is so focused on the children that it's not shy to say that a carbon pesa can be brought on a child's behalf and they're not and they're not yoitzim. Of course they're yoitzim. Because this um, this mitzvah, unlike every other mitzvah a cotton cannot do in a way that he'd be part of from repeating it when he was a gadol. If uh, if if a cotton puts on tefillin before his bar mitzvah and happens to be that his bar mitzvah on the same day, if such a thing was possible, according to Sarbi Shadim, a cotton becomes bar mitzvah me'ace which means if a child is born on uh, on Tuesday, um, um, if, it, if a child is born on Chof Hey Tishrei at three o'clock in the afternoon, so he's not going to become bar mitzvah till Chof Hey Tishrei thirteen years later at the three o one in the afternoon, three o'clock, three o one in the afternoon. So if some such, let's say that cotton put on tefillin in the morning, he'd have to put on tefillin later in the day because he did the mitzvah when he was a cotton, it would not solve the, uh, it would not solve the, uh, it, it would not, he would not be, he would not be yoitza, the mitzvah when he was, uh, for when he is a gadol. However, however, when it comes to carbon Pesach, he is yoitza, the mitzvah, even when he's a cotton. And again, this once again focuses and highlights the centrality of the cotton of the, of the children at the, um, at the children. The question that the um, that the that the children ask, and specifically the chacham, is moha edus v'achukim v'hamishpatim v'asher tziva Hashem alokeinu eschem. Moha edus v'achukim v'hamishpatim v'asher tziva Hashem alokeinu eschem. So, um, what is the what is the nature of this question? What makes this question so such so so strong? Such a good question that it's a question for the. Um, that's a question that we uh, uh, attribute to the Chacham. So I think I saw in one of the Haggadahs, I forgot which one, that the Chacham is basically asking, like we just mentioned before. He says the following. He says to the father, Dad, Ta, because listen, on the one hand, I'm a Katan, and therefore I'm not Chayiv in Mitzvah. Hashem Elokeinu, 
On the one hand, you tell me he's our God, which means I'm a part of this. I, I, I play an important role in this night and in Torah and mitzvahs, because Hashem is okay, he's our, he's, I'm part of it. On the other hand, that the, uh, I'm just a cotton. You tell me I'm not chayv in mitzvahs. On the one hand, I'm part of the story. But then it says, I'm not part of the story. Am I part of the story? Am I not part of the story? But the answer, of course, is, as we just mentioned, that we tell this child that on, Karben, on the night of Pesach, you're the, not just part of the story, you're the main part of the story. Means as follows. Means that the, the, the reason why that's the answer to the Chacham is because the Chacham says, um, am I part of it or not? And we tell him, you're not yet chayv and mitzvahs, but you're the future of Am Yisrael. You, you, eat, the carb, you eat the carbon Pesach, you eat the Afikomen, the idea is that the taste should last, Adli Olam Voed. And that's the children, even if they're younger and they're not chayv in the mitzvahs, we tell them, on this night, you're chayv in mitzvahs, on this night, you're chayv in the carbon Pesach, specifically, because you are the future. And the night of Pesach is focusing on the, on the future. You know, a lot of people have a minhog to eat an egg, that uh, the egg is cooked, and we have shnei tavshilin keneged one keneged the carbon pesach, and one keneged the carbon chagiga. But why an egg? It could be anything yeah. that's cooked, can, right? Unless you don't want, cooked. unless you don't want it to be mishapich with the with the meat that represents the carbon pesach. It's the vibalt. It's it's dafke, not the carbon pesach. So it's the zevach, not the pesach. So you use an egg. If you'd have a piece of flesh, that would be right. So it comes from an animal, but at least it's definitely not flesh. So that might be the idea. Okay, it's a, I guess these are all fine possibilities. I want to share something, which I hope that uh, if, certainly if you like it, I hope you share it at the uh, at the seder. I don't think anybody says this. I think anybody says this, but I want to I want to pull together something that I saw many years ago for Reb Nachman of Breslov, and but specifically his Talmud Reb Nosson in the Lakuti Alachos. And Hilchas Beitz and Lakuti Alachos writes as follows: <laughs> The Gemara in Chulin says that the reason. That there's a person, let's say, uh, usually, uh, hopefully a person, um, you know, nowadays we have a Masora in order to eat a kosher bird, but the Gemara discusses, is it possible to look at an egg and from the egg itself uh, determine whether the bird that laid that egg is kosher or not? Let's, let's say you have a certain bird, okay, if you know it's a pigeon, it's kosher, you know it's a dove, it's kosher, a peacock is kosher, you know, uh, a, a goose, many, forget about the Masora, but the goose, these are all kosher birds. Well, let's say like this, not one of the 24 non-kosher birds. In order for a bird to be not kosher, it has to be one of the 24 non-kosher birds. Otherwise, every bird is kosher unless it's one of the 24 mentioned in the um, um, uh, 24 mentioned in the Torah. So I, I don't know. I, I find a bird. I catch a bird. I'm not sure if it's kosher or not. I, I lay an egg. I, how, is there a way to tell moving backwards if this is a um, uh, if this is a kosher bird or not? So Rav Nassim, Quotes the Gemara in Chulin that says, very simple, actually, if, a, if the egg has, one side of the egg is roundish, rounded, and one side is pointy, like if you take a look at your standard chicken eggs in the, in the, frigor- in the refrigerator, you'll see one side is round and one side is pointy or more pointy, so then that's a sign of kashra, zehu simen tahara. And the Gemara uses the language, echod kad v'echod chad. If one is, side is rounded and one side is more pointy, that's a simon tahara. However, if the shnehem kadim or the shnehem kadim, that's a sign of tumma. That's what the Gemara says. Now, what Rav Nosson is famous for in his Lakuti Alachas, which is why it's such an important sefer, is that he takes the very minutiae and details of halachas that you would never think have more import than just 
itself. You know, that's, that's important to know because you have to know if an egg comes from a kosher bird or not from a kosher bird. But he builds it out and he makes it into something very, very, um, very, very unique, very special. And that's as follows. That's as follows. He says that, and he has a few different explanations. I'm going to use one. He says, the, well, let's, I'll, I'll mention two. I'll mention two. And I think they're both very important for the Seder. The first thing he says is that the Kad, the Kad represents the Torah Shebech Sav. Because Chad, Chof Dalid, is the Chof Dalid Sifrei Tanach. Chof Dalid Sifrei Tanach. And yet when the Gemara refers to Talmidei Chachamim, who are fighting with each other, because they're trying to figure out the Emes of Torah and they're, they're working on a sugya, and they sharpen each other by their conversation, the Gemara calls that Chad. The Chad Bechad, that, they're, that, they're, that they're, there's a sharpness to the... To the uh, to the Torah Shabal Peh, to the development of the Torah Shabal Peh. So Rav Nosson says, if you want a simon tahara, it has to be that on the one hand we're true to the Torah Shabbat but on the other hand we don't stay by the Torah Shabbat We're not karayim. We we take the Torah Shabbat and we develop the Torah throughout the generations with Torah Shabal Peh. So if someone's only interested in developing their own thoughts without being true to the texts of the Gemara and certainly to the texts of the Torah and the Nach. So then that's, uh, that's Shnehem Chadim. If you're only interested in developing your own thoughts without being true to the Masorah of what we have in the Kof Dalit Sifrei Tanakh, then that's, uh, that's a Simen Tome. And if you're only focused on the Torah Shabbat without developing the Torah Shabbat that's also a Simen Tome. But if you have a nice, healthy medium and merging of the two worlds called Kad and Chad, Torah Shabbat and Torah Shabbat that's what we call the Simen Tahara. And the truth is, at the Seder, I think that's very much what happens. On the one hand, we have a text. Where we're darshaning the Psukim. We have Rami, Ovid, Ovi. And we say exactly what we're supposed to say of the Haggadah, which is really the Psukim from the Torah and the development of the Torah of, of the Chazal. But that's not where the, where the Seder ends. That's where the Seder begins. A big part of the Seder is giving over our own personal stories, our own personal challenges, how we overcame them to our children, to our grandchildren, to the people, to the guests at the table. The Seder has to be both Kad and Chad. It has to be one, that the fact that we are true and emes to the, to the Torah, to the mitzvahs, to the Torah Shebechsav, but at the same time, we also have to recognize that there's a one side is Chad, which is us, and the people at our Seder also are taking part in the development and the furthering of Torah Shabal Peh. And that's the Echad Kad V'Echad Chad. But there's actually something else that the uh, that Reb Nossin says, another Pshat, which I also think uh, uh, deserves mention. And that's another reason why the egg is uh, brought into the Seder. And that's, he says as follows. He says, on the one hand, the night focuses, as we all know, on the past and very often difficult past. On the difficult past in Mitzrayim. On the difficult past of Yehisha Amda. Shalom Echad that we, we recognize very clearly and fully that it wasn't always roses, that the Jewish people have been through a very, very difficult time throughout the ages. And this is uh, something that we can't escape and we have to be well aware of and we have to talk about it. We have to mention it. And when we talk to the children on a very specific and, and personal level, we also have to, when we bring up our children, they shouldn't think that life is always going to be all rosy, everything's all perfect. There are challenges in life, there's difficulty, there's ups, and there's plenty of downs. And that's the echad kad, because the kad is like the circle, like a kadur or a barrel. A kad is a, is a, represents a circle. Like the Gemara says, we would eat, like we, in our minog, we eat certain things like an egg at the, at the, at the shiva. 
at the at the at the at the at the, at the Suda Havra, we eat the egg to represent the galgal hachosaba olam that life only lasts so long and it's a cycle and and there's difficulties and this churban we eat an egg on Tishabov. For sure, yeah, that's one aspect of that takes place at the Seder. But but if we end up with Shnehem Kadim, which means if all we can focus on is the past and the difficulty and the Isha Amda and the and and the slavery. But we don't focus on the echod chad. It's vayichad uh, yisro. When when the unkelish translates the term v'samach, samach to be happy, to be joyous, to be to be positive is a lotion of chadi v'chadi. So Reb Nossin says that that's the idea of a kosher approach, a kosher approach, a kosher egg. The echod kad v'echod chad is representative of an approach to life. That if we're only focused on the kad, on the avelus, and everything's always bad and difficult and tsaris, and all we could talk about is tsaris, that's a simintoma. That's not a Jew. A Jew can't only focus on tsaris. On the other hand, if we think that everything's always happy glory and simcha, we don't recognize that there are people going through difficult times and going through tsaris, and that the Jewish people in different parts of the world have difficulties, and we just think everything's hanky dory and there's no, uh, there's nothing, nothing negative going on, that's also a simintoma. At the Seder, specifically at the Seder, we pull out the egg and we show, we say, look, look at this egg. Part of it is roundish, that represents the Avelos, the Tzad, the Chorban. But part of it is, is, is right on the other side. If you just get, get past the round side and end up on the more pointy, so the pointy side represents the Simcha, the Tzad, the Tzadi, the Simcha. And that's really the, uh, the, 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 the Os, that's the sign of a, of, of, of a Simen Tahara. If a person recognizes the past and the difficulty, but at the same time can can just get past that and get to the other side to focus on the simcha, on the future, that is definitely going to be something that deserves its place at the at the Seder table. You know, we start even before Magid, even before Magid, we do uh, we have a minhok to do yachatz. We do a minhok to, to do yachatz. What's yachatz? Yachatz is breaking the middle matzah. Why are we breaking, why are we breaking the matzah? So the Pashib shot. The Gemara already says, Ma So just like an ani doesn't usually get a full loaf of bread, it usually gets a you know a piece of bread, maybe half a loaf. So we're gonna break the bread, we're gonna break the matzah so that when the, by the time we make hamotzi, we're making hamotzi on a on a on a, on a piece of matzah, on a prusa. That's the idea of yachatz. So I ask you a question: why do we break the middle matzah? Why the middle matzah? Why not the bottom matzah? Why not the top matzah? Dafka, the middle. Why the middle? So I saw from the Munkacha Rebbe, the Munkacha Rebbe said something very, very beautiful. And it's a beautiful thought, and I think it deserves its place. Um, it deserves its place at the Seder as well. And I think it deserves its place even before we begin the Seder. He said, Kol Yifsach, I want you to share, listen to this idea. And please share it because it's something I think very special. There's a few. There's a few reasons. Alpim uh, Achshavu do Yachatz. I'm going to share one. I'm going to share one. I think every child comes back when they're in second or third, maybe even first or kindergarten, and they say the following Dvar Torah. They say, "Oh, why do you have three matzahs? Avram, Yitzchak, and Yankiv. Right? Is there anybody that has not heard that? <laughs> Everybody knows that Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. The top is Avram." The son was Yitzchak and the Enochal was Yaakov. So now we have a bigger question, right? And that's absolutely true. Is that why is Yitzchak's matzah being broken? What did Yitzchak do to have his matzah broken? Is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? 
The Muntacha explains, this is the Minchas Olazer, and it's quoted in all the Haggadahs in the Minchas Olazer. Minchas Olazer explains as follows. He says as follows. The Gemara in um, Shabbos and Daf Peites says that there's going to be a point in time in the future where Hashem comes to the to the, uh, to the Ovos, to Avram Yitzchak and Yaakov. And he says to Avraham, it says, Hashem says to Avraham, your children have sinned. And Avraham is going to respond, my children have sinned. Your, your holy name, because of your holy name, they should, be, they should be destroyed. They should be wiped out. Now, that doesn't sound like a very um, Avraham Avinu type of thing to say. And Avravina was davening away for the for the for the for the Sodomites that they shouldn't be killed, and yet for his children in the future who are who are sinning, I don't think even if the Jews are sinning in the future, they're not sinning as bad as Sodom Vamora. So what's Yavram forgot about us? Yavram says Yimachu al Kedusha It's a very strong thing to say. Furthermore, Hashem says he doesn't like what Avram said. No, that's not a good answer. He's going to go to Yaakov. And Yaakov says, uh, Hashem says to Yaakov, And Yaakov, Yaakov says, So the Marsha already points out, and others say the same thing, they quote the Marsha and they develop it, that means not that the Jews should be destroyed. That's not Yaakov talking, it's not Avram talking. It means that Hashem, you should forget about the sins, forget about the sins. Haven't the Yidden, haven't Klal Yisrael throughout the ages, haven't we given enough al pi kiddush Hashem? Haven't enough lives been lost? Haven't enough Jews been killed al kiddush Hashem that you can't just forgo some averis? Avraham and and Yaakov says, just forget about the sins, forgive them. Enough has been done al kiddush Hashem. So now, uh, okay. So at least we understand Avraham and Yaakov. But look what Yitzchak Avinu. Yitzchak says. Yitzchok says, Hashem says to Yitzchok, no, banecha chatu. And Yitzchok has a long arichos. Yitzchok says, banecha chatu. They're your children? And Hashem says, Yitzchok says to Hashem, they're my children, not your children? Really? Really? I thought they were your children, right? When they said, Nasev and Ishma, so you said, uh, you know, you call them my children. Bini Bechori? Bini Bechori Yisrael? So they, they, first they were your, it's like, you know, when the when the child gets into trouble and 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 the, and the Rebbe calls, so the mother turns to the father and says, "Your your son's in trouble." Or the father says it to the mother, "Your kids are making problems." So it's a funny thing. So Yitzchok responds to Hashem, "Your your your my sons and not your sons." And then Yitzchok says, "Great." He says, "Furthermore, Hashem, how much have they sinned? What seventy years a person lives? Person lives first twenty years don't count because you're not punished for the first twenty years. So you're talking fifty years." And then a person sleeps, a person eats, a person's, uh, you know, a person's davening a little bit. How many years of sitting are we talking about? We're talking about, what, 12 years of sitting? And then Yitzchuk says the following line. Yitzchuk says, listen, if you can forgive the whole thing, good. If not, Yitzchuk says, pal golai, pal I'll take half on me. You can, you can punish me for half of the sins. And Hashem, you carry half of the sins. Half on me, half on you comes out that Yachatz, and the reason why Hashem says to Yitzchak, ah, that's what I was looking for. And eventually he, he brings the Geula Shleima and the Mashiach is going to come with the third base of Mikdash. Yes, Hashem, so. so that's Hashem says to Yitzchak, ah, that's what, I'm, uh, that's what I'm looking for. What do you mean that's what I'm looking for? So uh, 
what was wrong with Avraham and Yaakov's uh, response? Forget about the sins. Apparently what was happening is that Hashem wanted to see which of the others wasn't just going to say, forget the sins, but which of the others was willing to suffer along with the Jewish people. And Yitzchak was the one who said, Palgolai, Palgolach. If it means that I have to go into Gehenim for the Jewish people, I'm willing to do that so long as, uh, as, long as you forgive them as well. Hashem says to Yitzchak, ah, that's my man. That's, my, that's, that's what I'm looking for. So the Munkacha says, that's why we begin to say that with Yachatz. It's to remind us of Palgolai, Palgolach. Remind us, and that's why it's Davka Yitzchak Avinu's matzah that is, uh, Yitzchak Avinu's matzah that is broken. Yitzchak says, okay, Hashem says, that's what I was, that's what I was looking for. I'm looking for, and that's the beginning of the Seder. One of the messages, I think, we started out with the children. One of the messages we want to tell the children is that a person's life, as you get older, has to be focusing not just on yourself, but also on the rest of Klai Yisrael as well. So we have the children playing this fundamental role at the Seder. We want to tell them about Yachatz, about Pal Golai, Pal Golech. And we also want to tell them that, uh, that it sounds funny, but even though they are younger than Bar Mitzvah, this, as the Belzer Rebbe said, there is one mitzvah that they are shayach to, and then if we bring a carbon Pesach on their behalf, they're not going to have to bring another carbon, and that's the carbon Pesach, because this night we really focus on the, on the youngsters, on the children, on the kruvim that stand above everything, that stand above even the Aron, and, uh, and that's the reason why we eat the egg, because we want to focus on uh, not just the difficult past, sometimes very difficult past of the Jewish people, of the Behisha Amda, and the Avadim uh, Hayinu, but also or to focus very um, strongly on the v'chad, on the part of the egg that's that's pointy, which represents the happiness and the geula and the future and the, and the simcha. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.